Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right, if you could stand with me this morning in honor of the word, I'm going to dive right into our service. I have the privilege this morning of being able to be a part of the dedication of Josabel Montes. And uh, if you haven't seen her yet, she's right over there. She is an absolute angel and a sweetheart. And so today, we're going to dedicate her to the Lord. And I just have a little few, few points to share with you and uh, encouraging in them and blessing her. And then we're going to have the family come up and we're going to dedicate them and pray over them. All right, amen. Psalm 127, starting at verse 3. Thank you, Brother Luke, because you uh, opened up Psalm 127 this morning. Uh, and uh, opened up my message. That was wonderful. So I'm just going to skip right on down to verse 3 because you had her covered. Psalm 127, verse 3. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It doesn't matter. Verse 3 says this, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. You can be seated this morning. So at this time, sometimes uh, there are traditions that are known uh, to be had in in this type of thing with with babies and families and when they're born. Sometimes uh, some faiths refer to that as christening. Some refer to that as as commitment service. And we do a baby dedication. We dedicate the babies to the Lord. But I want to talk to you a little bit just for a moment on one point related to that in dedication versus baptism. Sometimes that question comes up. Now, dedication in any form is a good thing to do, right? I dedicate my house and my my work and my life and all those things to God, and that's wonderful. And and, and hopefully those aren't just words when we make those dedications, but it's, it's it's very important. And dedication extols an idea of something from the heart. It's not just, I give that. I hand that, when we, when we dedicate ourselves to the Lord, we're literally investing ourselves. We're investing the very means of what we have. And so when we say, I dedicate my work, I dedicate my family or my time to the Lord, we're literally investing in his work, investing that to the Lord. And so sometimes people will, will quandary about the difference between dedication and baptism. And I, and I just want to point out that we don't baptize babies uh, traditionally it's simply because in Scripture, a child uh, is not understanding of the state of what they are and who they are and what sin is and understanding. And we know that from Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2 brought the redemption. It brought the redemption message through the apostle Peter. And we know that it's through there that baptism is intended for the remission of sins. Remission meaning removing Now, we know through repentance, when we repent, we ask God to forgive us, and that's the forgiveness of sins. God says, yes, I understand. You have a contrite heart. He looks at the content and the the, the extent of where your heart is, and and in repentance, we're saying, I want to give that up. I'm confessing that. I'm humbling myself before you, and so, God, I, I say these are the sins that I have. But Scripture tells us that that does not vanquish those sins. That doesn't take them away. It simply says that God says, yes, I'm I'm faithful to forgive you, and I do. But we know that the word also says 
that there will no, be no sin in heaven, that God expects us to be clean and washed in white robes, just as the priest did in the time of the tabernacle, when he would do the sacrifice in the tabernacle. That didn't stop there. They didn't just kill the animal and let the blood go. That there was another step, and the priest was wearing a special white robe, as you see uh, Josephelle is wearing today a beautiful little gown that's all white and pure, representing that she's just an innocent little baby, right? And so those priests would, would take that sacrifice, but because of sacrificing that animal, they had hand, blood on their hands and on that robe. And so they were required to step up to that next place, and they would take that robe and wash their hands in a brazen laver of water. And that, that brass on that brazen laver was said to be so perfectly shining that they reflected their image, In other words, it was a chance for that priest to reflect, just as we do prior to repentance. We reflect on the things that we've done, the life that we've led, and we see those things rolling through our mind. Well, the priest would step up to that laver, and he would see that reflection, and he would see him holding that sacrifice and that blood on his hands. Excuse me, he would see the blood from the sacrifice on his hands and on his robes. And so before he could go and commune with God and, and, and enter into the Holy of Holies, he was required to wash all that blood off of his hands, thinking about the things that he is going through, the process that God is expecting with a contrite heart, the right spirit, and he had to wash those robes clean and pure. These are all acts of conscience and consciousness. And this is something that a baby cannot participate in. And so the act of baptism, the act of, of, of what is told to us in the book of, uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, when Peter began to preach that first message and he said, they all knew that they had sinned. He had told them that they had sacrificed the Savior and they were pricked in the hearts. Their conscious minds became aware and their consciousness, conscience, excuse me, became aware that they had done something wrong. And what they were really doing was crying out for, for repentance. What should we do? What, they don't have instruction. This isn't the way this used to work. They used to go and sacrifice animals and a priest would take care of all that for them. But when Christ died on the cross, he didn't eliminate all that, he just simply made it himself. And so that blood sacrifice is washed away in the waters of baptism. A child can't make that choice. A child can't, a baby can't understand that concept. And so when the child becomes of age and begins to understand and can learn and understands who and what it is, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? From Eden, we're born into a sin state at least in the fact that we're robed in flesh. And so this child simply can't make that decision. And so we dedicate with the parents and sanctify them under the parents in dedication. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 20, if you'll go there with me, confirms this. And I'll simply paraphrase, paraphrase your you're going through and it's coming up on the screen, Ezekiel 18 and 20. Now this is a very common misunderstanding in, in um, classical theology, and that is that the sins of the father are passed on to the child, that iniquity exists throughout the family, and so if your father did something wrong or had some problem that they did, that it would carry on through the lineage, you'd be guilty of that. That's not actually true. We're not creatures of sin. We don't, we're not embodying sin simply because our parents did something wrong. We embody sin because we're born in flesh, because of what happened in Eden. So the common misunderstanding is that 
that when you're born, you carry on and you bring down the sins of, of your lineage, and that's incorrect. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 18 and 20 says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. And so what that, those last two sentences are simply saying is, is you're your own person, you're your own deal, you're responsible for yourself. Okay? And so we look at that aspect in terms of an infant. Joseph is just a couple of months old, and so there's no way at this point she can even communicate or really have an understanding of that ownership that she has according to Ezekiel chapter 18. The son shall not bear the sins of the father and vice versa. But I want to also talk a little bit about who and what baby dedication is for. I think I've been to some services uh, outside of, of, of our organization, outside of our church, and they've been beautiful, wonderful services, very nice baby dedications. But it seemed like they were always so very sort of one track. Here's the baby. God, we're dedicating the baby to you, and that's all good, and it's almost ceremonial. And so today, I, I really would not like for Josephelle's dedication to God to be ceremonial. I think it should be meaningful, and I think it has more than one facet to it, and I'll, tell, I'll explain what I mean by that. Obviously, that baby is precious to God. Every soul, every soul is precious to God, and you've heard me preach from this pulpit, regardless of where a person is, if they have not come to know the Lord, if they haven't had the chance to learn and, 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 and achieve that conscious place where they say, yes, I, I, I have sinned, I have not lived for God, that place of of conversion, as we might call it, that place of repentance, that soul is precious to God. Doesn't matter where they come from, who they are, what their last name is, what they do, what they have done. God loves that precious soul. But he wants to call them to a place of repentance and cleansing and baptism, right? And so this, this little infant, completely innocent, is very, very precious to God. Numerous times throughout the Gospels, Jesus talks about the little children. Suffer the little children that they could come unto me. Don't stop them. Don't, don't keep them away. They're so precious to me. He encourages us to become like little children as we're learning to live and worship him. You know why? Because when she gets a little bit older and she's talking and she's conversing and she's learning words, her faith is going to be 100%. She won't have biases. She won't have a life lived in all these different influences and personal pride and all those things. She's going to be an open slate. She's an open book. They say in science that by the time they reach about age five to seven, everything that that child is going to be, everything that's programmed into that child is solidified. Scary thought, isn't it? That by maybe seven years old, they're programmed. And it's because at that age, when they're just coming up and they're learning, two, three, four, five years old, they're sponges, they're vessels, just to be filled and filled and filled and filled. And if you say there's a God and God loves you and he wants a relationship with you, say, okay, I believe in God. God can heal you. Okay, God can heal me. My wife and I had the privilege of serving in Sunday school for many years and in, in our junior camp services up in Shawano for many years, and it was amazing, the faith of those little ones. They just believe. And so God encourages us in the word to become like little children and believe. In other words, get rid of all your biases. Forget about what, all the stuff that you think it is. Drop your pride and just come and see what I've got for you. And that's why he encourages us that way. 
And so what I mean by multifaceted is, is that it's not just, let's take Joseph today and say, God, we give her to you. There's more to it than that. You see, there's, there's a family here. Her family, obviously. Mario and Christina, her mom and dad. Aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, grandma and grandpa, etc. There's a role that they play in dedication as well. See, what we need to do, and we're going to pray for them today and encourage them, that they dedicate themselves to Jezebel. They dedicate their efforts because now they're going to know that this beautiful little sponge, this little vessel that's really waiting to be filled up is going to need every single one of them to love her, to embrace her, to teach her, to share God's love with her, protect her, and cover her, okay? So that's the second part of dedication, is we got to get the family involved and get them dedicated to her, right? And then the third part of dedication, well, let me share a scripture for you before I get there. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. I like to reiterate this scripture every once in a while because right now, out in popular culture, we hear a lot of stuff about babies and that whole process, and I don't want to taint this message or get anything with it, anything negative with that, but I just want to reinforce this wonderful point. I said to you a moment ago that, that Jezebel is so precious to God. These little souls, all these little ones running around, the ones that we impact and affect, they're so precious to God. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly... I knew thee. This is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Mario and Christina, I don't know if you're aware, but as long as you're living for God and and attending church and doing what's right by the word of God, Jezebel is sanctified by you. That's, again, we don't baptize her. She's not ready. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know. She can't know. And so we dedicate her to God as you dedicate yourselves to God. And therefore, God provides a sanctification. Now, what does that mean? Sanctification simply says that God's got a covering on her. He's got a covering, and he's going to watch over her. If anything, God forbid, whatever happened to her, he's in her she's in his hands, okay? And as she grows and she begins to learn... And as that family, dedicated to her growth and dedicated to loving her, continues to fill her up, there's going to be that place where she kind of becomes responsible for what she knows and what she understands. And it's there that she can begin to seek God on her own. Okay? Jeremiah 29 kind of adds a little bit to that. Jeremiah 29 and 11 supports that thought. Here again, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now that's the ESV version again. But he's speaking just to the prophet Jeremiah there, of course. But would it stand to reason that one person in creation only had this relationship with God, that God would only see Jeremiah having plans for him and so forth? Of course not. This is how he looks upon all creation. All of his people. I, I have plans of welfare for you, not evil. But the underlying thought there is that you're going to have a choice. You have decisions to make. From the very beginning that all of you were born, God had great plans for you. Not one person ever born was a throwaway. 
Brother Meyer, would you agree with that? Not one person ever, ever, I don't care where they come from, what color they are, what last name they are, what religion they are, not one person was ever a throwaway. And so God is saying here, I have plans for you. I have plans for welfare, meaning good things, taking care of you, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. What gets in the way of that is when we have our own, excuse me, our own pride and our own arrogance. We have our own will and we make choices that are not in line with God or pleasing to God. So I encourage you today, if you're, if you're on that path and if you're on that road, understand that from the very moment you were conceived, God had great things in store for you, great plans for you. He wants a wonderful future for you. But you have to make choices now. You have to make choices that align with what God has given in his word and what he wants you to do. Well, Pastor, how do I figure that out? How do I know at this point? I'll tell you how. Get involved in services like you saw here today. God will begin to speak to you, move. The people of God will embrace you and love you. They'll get a hold of you. Get into a Bible study. Learn what the Bible actually has to say, what the Word says about living for Him. Okay? Now, Proverbs 22 and 6, everybody knows that. A lot of, a lot of folks know that great proverb that says, if you train up a child in the way that they go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And there's a lot of folks that are challenged with maybe children they've raised up in the church and maybe they haven't stuck around that well, have drifted off, have other challenges in their life. But this promise is there that says in some way, shape, or form, if you've done that training, if you've been there for them, if you brought them up in the way they should go, his promise says when they're old, they won't depart from it. Okay? And so a great part of this dedication today, as I said, not just dedicating Jezebel to the Lord, And not even just the family dedicating themselves to helping her with that step. But the final step, and that is the family to the church and the church to the family. Because I believe it's up to all of us. When that sweet little one starts attending Sunday school, or we see her scurrying around with some of the other little ones, it's our job to love on her and embrace her share God's word in a Sunday school class, have her mom and dad and her family over for dinner or out for some social. When they come out to the picnic next week, love on them and embrace them. Maybe give them a break and babysit. See, dedication isn't just one step. I think there's a whole lot of dedication that happens. And I'm, I, I want to continue a culture that our pastor has built here for many, many years and is that we deeply love one another as a family. And we support one another. We dedicate ourselves to each other and to families like Mario and Christina and Josebel. That's true dedication in my, in my view. Okay, and that's it's a matter sometimes of role, and I understand it can be challenging and children can be, can be tough. They, they get wild and they do all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, we got to love them. Pastor Kylie taught me something really cool, and I'm encouraging you today to do this. And not just for the little babies, but for the little ones running around and the ones that get a little too loud and noisy and run around out there and maybe even the ones in Sunday school, maybe even the ones in the youth class. Love on them a little bit. They're the hardest ones to love over here. No, I'm kidding. Brother Kylie taught me this many years ago and I'm going to wrap up and we're going to go to a video presentation they put together. But you'll see me many times when a little one's coming through the, the foyer or something, you'll see me many times get down 
and talk to them like this. Get down at their level. And the reason for that is, is because you're connecting with them at their level. You're not standing over them or lording over them or bending over them. But it shows love. It shows respect. And it shows that you're not a big scary guy like some of them say I am. But if we get to their level, wherever they are, and just love them where they're at, you're reflecting God. You know that? See, because if you're going through challenges in life and and you're not sure where you are and where you're supposed to be with God, God will meet you there. And if you're just flying high and God's doing great and you're like Bishop Kylie and, and, and you've been in this thing for so long and God's just using you to do mighty works, well, he'll meet you there. See, he'll meet you where you're at. And that's going to be our job with Jezebel and all of these little ones and each other. We've got to meet each other where we're at. That's dedication. That's the service that we have today. All right? Amen. We're going to dedicate Abundant Life to this family as we dedicate this family and this baby to the Lord. And Mario and Christina, we want you to know that you are a part of the family. And uh, we love you guys, and, and uh, we're going to continue to support you and support Josabel. She grows and she learns in the Lord, okay? All right. First, we're going to pray a prayer. Pastor and I are going to pray over the family and Josabel, and then we're going to dedicate her to the Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm going to apply the little bit of anointing oil in there. In the Bible, the oil represents the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to apply that to her. We're going to anoint her today. We're going to bless her and the family in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Jesus, we are so thankful today yes, for this Lord, precious you, couple thank you, Lord. and this in precious Jesus gift name. and responsibility God, so gracious, that you have given. We pray your favor yes, and your Lord, blessing yes, and your yes, anointing Lord. on them as parents and on this special child. We pray that you will surround them with Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.